Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. Just wanted to say before you guys listen, I uh, had some audio difficulties with my equipment and thankfully Jay Dyer had uh, took the time to record on his end and send me the file. So big shout out to Jay. Uh, if you guys don't know who Jay is, you get a good idea on this show. Um, I really enjoy his work. You can subscribe to him on YouTube or just go to jaysanalysis.com and subscribe to all of his work. Um, so Jay, thank you so much for uh, recording on your end and, and help making this show work. Uh, but besides that, guys, I hope you enjoy this show. What do you? What is your topic usually on your podcast? What do you usually cover? Man, I usually talk. I mean, a lot of it's usually about like small scale farming recently, but it's it's usually just about for me, man. It's it's just kind of been just I just try to follow my interests, and I think a lot of it's just because I've done this for five years, and so I don't get bored. Like I used to, I used to promote a lot of comedy shows. Like I used to do. Like I got into podcasting like years ago because I was a big fan of Rogan's. And we started mm-hmm. promoting comedy shows with like Red Band and um, Joey Diaz and all and all that crew. I became friends, and then we started doing mm. these shows in uh, Toronto. So we started doing these uh, these shows where it would be like uh, uh, at the Underground, where uh, Puff Mama has it, and it's basically like it would, you'd hotbox a room. Um, and then we ended up opening up a club up there, and that was kind of Joe's dream. And then for me, it was, you know, well, I'm glad I helped Joe build this business, but this isn't for me. So then I started getting into small scale farming and then I just kind of shifted, you know, I, I was always kind of like a spirit of entrepreneurship or anything, but it's, it's mainly mm-hmm. for me, like how I can find freedom in an unfree world, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I've actually had like, I've had been on before talking about when he had like manufacturing the deadhead and it was interesting because he was talking about the Ashland Institute and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like I heard you talking to uh, Brett um on his show about that yeah so you know similar things i mean i've, I've gone down a lot of different rabbit holes I, I i mean i think the biggest thing is like i'm not i do this show for me like it's nice people listen mm-hmm. but uh you know man i mean like for me it's just i mean i have a, I my listeners fluctuate it seemed like everything dipped off because i think a lot of people that listen do farm but a lot of times i think they're just more into my perspective than anything else so that's that's kind of it, man. It's it's not um, it's it's really tough to kind of say. I mean, I, I definitely mm. I'm good friends with Brett, and I like to promote you know resilience and and stuff like yeah. that. So I think you know if you if you can focus locally, if you can make a difference with a with business locally, I think that's to me right. the answer to a lot of issues. I mean, it seems like I mean, we're both pretty anti globalism from the sound of it. So, um, and yeah, man, I'd like to, I'd like you to kind of go down your rabbit hole because it sounds like you're not necessarily libertarian or or wouldn't consider mm-hmm. yourself an anarchist you just it seems like you just more consider yourself jay dyer um yeah absolutely and, yeah. and so i haven't had a chance to check out your tv show yet but i'm definitely interested in it like i had uh 
I got I got heavy into after that two forty seven into Jay Widener's work, and I definitely mm-hmm. want to check out your book. Um, so I hadn't done that yet, man. But I I saw that video, and I, and I and honestly, I think when I first when I first saw you in School Sucks, I was like, "Who's this dude? He seems hilarious." Because you had had you had like the the crazy eighties looking uh, avatar, and like I looked I mm-hmm. clicked on your profile, and it looked like some uh, um, just some cult eighties film poster <laughs> for the Jay's experience. So I was like, "Dude, I think I I could get along with this dude." And then you had uh, it was like your the new thing where it's like we're gonna try to combine in like Snapchat like things from Snapchat on uh, Facebook. So it was like you were mm. playing. They might be giants, and the yeah. very first live concert I went to, and I think I was like twelve, was They Might Be Giants with my stepdad oh, cool. and brother. So I was like, man, I, I bet I get along. I bet I have a lot in com- common than not in common with this guy. And then mm. I heard you talk about how you got into. Want to get into comedy and acting, and uh, and um, so yeah, man, I'm 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 intrigued. I need to listen to your show more. I've just been, I'm a small scale farmer, so it's always tough to like. It's like I have this list of stuff, but then I just get into books, and a lot of times it's uh, you know, just go, yeah. go down different rabbit holes. So, but um, but yeah, man. So that that was kind of so that's kind of my thing, and I and I would just kind of like to say, you know, who is Jay Dyer? I think that's what I'd kind of like to kind of uncover today. If if you're down, man. Okay, yeah. So, um, is that the start, or is that the beginning of the start? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the beginning of the start. Like, we can go, we could go into who is Jay. So you're gonna repeat all of that? No, no, no. I've been recording. I've been recording, so I can edit a certain amount out and oh. make this thing. I mean, I haven't been recording me cussing into the microphone nonstop and like pissed off at this fucking cable that I just bought for ten dollars from Guitar Center. So you're um, saying you owned a comedy club with Joe Rogan? No, 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 no. I never owned a comedy club with Joe Rogan. No, I'm not that. So we, I got into podcasting from that. No, I'm a my comp my promotions company is a minority owner in a comedy club in downtown Toronto. So it's called the Corner oh. Comedy Club, and it sounds really cool, Jay. But I make zero money from it, and I'm happy. Mm. It's been open for a year. I'm happy it's still open, and and it. I mean, Joe's still doing. The guy who I partnered with, his name is Joe. So his name's Joe uh, Tuchito. Goddamn cable is being a piece of shit again, which I can edit that part out. So that's um that that is what I was talking about in reference to the comedy club. Gotcha. I'm picking my toenails while we do this interview. That's perfect, man. I mean, it's it's only appropriate since I uh I've just been cussing up a storm and. I probably sent you a chain of confusing emails and and everything else like that. So I mean, I I don't blame you. So pick away, buddy. So do you do do you do comedy? No, I never did comedy, man. I I met um I met some when I started hanging out with comics. I realized I wasn't nearly as funny. I wasn't that mm-hmm. kind of funny to get on stage and be funny. I think I can be funny in situations or in a, in a group conversation. But I've never done stand-up. I've never done improv. It's not saying that I never would try it, but it just seemed like, man, that's a whole lot of stress and not a whole lot of money to 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 mm-hmm. kind of like... And, and a part of me too, man, like I, I like that attention, but I, I don't think I like that attention that much. And uh, and so I, I don't know. I, I thought I wanted to do comedy, and then I started hanging out with comics and realized that I'm not... I'm, I don't have that much in common with these guys. So, mm-hmm. and it seemed like a lot of them you have to move out to LA. Like, I only know a couple guys that are 
living in the Midwest still and and still doing comedy and, and they're making a pretty good living from it, but it's a way slower road and they're like some of the funniest people and they don't get recognized. So, because you started out, you said you wanted to act and do comedy, correct? Yeah, when I was 18, I went to New York for my senior trip and performed at a bunch of amateur clubs and I loved it. It was a lot of fun, but <clears throat> I decided I could either do philosophy in school where I could try to focus on that. So I opted for philosophy. And, uh, I remember what was, what's funny is that we would go, when I got back from New York, we would drive my buddy and I two hours to go to Nashville every weekend. This is back in like 1997. And we would practice our routines at the local back then they had more than one comedy club, but, uh, it was amateur night and we would practice our routines and, Everybody was awful. Uh, I think I was pretty good, just being objective. And uh, like you would have these really ratty bikers that would get up there and just tell pussy jokes of, about rats eating cheese out of vaginas. It was the nastiest stuff that you ever heard. So it wasn't very hard to actually stand out there. <laughs> the uh, owner of the club kind of liked the routine that I did, which was pretty wacky. It was very influenced by... Um, Andy Kaufman style stuff. So I was always kind of playing jokes on the crowd and playing these different weird characters. And, uh, like I was a gay magician one time and then I was a, a drunk redneck magician. I was trying these different magician acts, which I thought I still think is kind of funny. Yeah. Because he, he goes out in the crowd and he, either one of them is very improper to the audience. Like they, the, the, the jokes all fail, but they're like, you know, grabbing on women and stuff. And, it, it, it was just a very uh, Tony Clifton style routine. And the club owner liked the, what I did. And a lot of it was just improv. So he would let me host the improv nights. So then there was this festival that they had a long time ago. <laughs> and we got this guy from a local radio station that was KDF. It was like classic rock or something. And the guy was awful. He was the host. Him and this other guy that looked like I'm not joking. Was like the knockoff Drew Carey. Yeah, he literally dressed just like Drew Carey. Looked like him. He would almost repeat Drew Carey's routine, but kind of personalized a little bit, so it was supposedly him. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like super asshole and uh, heckler that night, uh, and I just went off on these guys, and actually got booted out of the club. So I was like, "Well, screw this. I'm done with this." Uh, one of the guys that I heckled, interestingly, actually became a working stand-up. <laughs> so he's, he's actually on, uh, like he's been on Letterman a few times, and I did get the chance to apologize to him. So I did. I said, hey, Keith, I'm sorry for heckling you in 1998. I was making fun of your, your Pearl Jam hat while you were doing your routine. And he said, yes, I remember you were the asshole. And I was like, yeah, I was the asshole. I lived to own up to it. Um, but anyway, so that was uh, a, a lot of fun. It was a wild experience doing that for several Sundays in a row. And then I just kind of quit. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. This is just, I, I'm going to get, somebody's going to end up lynching me. <laughs> I get tar and feathered because I'm mean to these people because they're, they weren't funny. And I was just very blunt with them and would heckle them. So the funny thing is, is that, uh, you know, I think the internet kind of changed all that. And so you don't really 
the, the I mean, I'm not saying that you can't tour and do clubs. Okay, keep going. Sorry. She said, so the internet changed things. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like the, the, the idea of touring clubs, I guess if you're getting paid makes sense, but like you can make a name through, you know, through YouTube, the rather than club circuits, you know what I mean? It's kind of changed. Absolutely. I mean, there's still a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of guys that steal this one dude. he, He stole this dude, Kane Carter, he's stolen a ton of Patrice O'Neill's material. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, it's, there's a lot less, um, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot less policing with, with people stealing jokes on YouTube. Yeah. But, but I agree. I think there's, there's just, it's just, it's just totally, it's just a totally different. Yeah. That's what way. I'm saying. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I th- you could do one video. I had uh, a couple months ago, one of the comedy videos got, I've had other videos do a lot better than that, but just for like a stupid ass comedy video, that's really good. Yeah. For what I did. And if I had, I think if I had done stand up, who knows, you know, whether it would have been successful or not, but I don't think I ever would have reached 25,000 people with, you know, some dumb little shtick. But so anyway, that's the new world that we live in. So I, I kind of just uh, make up this title that I'm a comedian too. So, you know, whenever I get the the mood, I'll do something that's really ridiculous and improv usually, uh, or you know, I'm in Hollywood mode, or I'm in serious philosophy mode, or just depends on what mode I'm in. So I, I kind of come from all these different angles, is what I do. Yeah, no, it's I enjoy it from what I've seen until I mean, I liked it on Facebook before you got banned. Um, I got like <laughs> <laughs> got. I appreciated like because it was like I couldn't follow all your work, but I appreciated what it was. Like I remember asking Brett when mm-hmm. he first came into School Sucks. I'm like, who the fuck is this Jay Dyer guy? He goes, oh, he's a super smart guy. And I go, oh, I wasn't saying that. It's just like because you, it was just so, uh, it was just like so over the top. When I think when I well, you should see the video I made today. I'm covered in cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> There's disco music, and I'm covered in coke. So I did it in honor of. American made the Barry Seal movie that just came out with Tom Cruise. Yeah, did you see that? I haven't gone. I, I usually check out. I did. I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. That's good. There's a there's been a lot of stinkers this summer with movies. Oh, yeah. Like uh like Darren Arnofsky was just on all kinds of crazy drugs and then he got on right. banging Jennifer Lawrence in the process. And it was like it's like, man, like you're just trying way too hard with this movie. It's not like I my buddy and I, we watched it, and it was like from the start. It was like, oh, I know where this movie's going. Like, it's gonna start. It's gonna be. It's gonna end the way it started. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was pretty funny watching people walk out of it that didn't realize it was like an art house film that had somehow made it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would have been great if, if if Danzig came in in the mil- at the end of the movie. <laughs> that would have really made the movie oh, if Danzig just comes in. Yeah, and he's. Yeah, man, I I haven't. I, I was gonna check out the Barry Seal flick, but I uh, I just actually left town. Like I'm a, I'm actually in Toledo at my dad's in his basement recording with you. And uh, yeah, I, I, it looked pretty good, man. I, I the whole Barry Seal story. I it did now. I'm not super familiar with the the story. I know he was the guy behind the Iran Contra, and then they I think it seemed from the from what I know, the government kind of turned on him towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, was the movie pretty accurate or I mean, mainly just entertaining for the most part, uh, it downplays the, 
CIA role in drugs a little bit, but I mean, you can put two and two together. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So that's good, man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there've been quite a few of these actually movies, you know, in, in the vein of revelatory with the messenger, which relates to Gary Webb, who wrote on the same incident, uh, this, this film, um, Sicario, right? Yeah, Sicario's uh, good. Sicario had the same plot with Josh Brolin playing the uh, CIA character who's running the secret operation under the cover of an FBI operation. So, yeah, and uh, the sequel's coming out to Sicario soon. That has exactly, like, a totally right. different title, right. and that that guy who's been writing that he just made that other movie too, which wasn't bad. Uh, um, the movie that takes with Jeremy Renner it takes place on the Indian uh, reservation. And uh, I don't know if you had a chance to check that. I think it's like Wind River. Indian in the cupboard? No, no. That was a different uh, classic. <laughs> I'm joking, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I know you are. Um, yeah. Uh, You're talking about Pocahontas. No, that's another classic that's that's filled with uh, It's very historical and accurate. I think it's like Wind River. And it's uh, like it, it just kind of covers how the the struggles of – on Indian reservations and how much drugs there are and how impoverished it is. And how... Did you see the, uh, did you see breaking wind? No, I haven't seen breaking wind. <laughs> I smelt it once before and it just wasn't that pleasurable. And I, uh... it was moved. It was moving. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely moving. I, I didn't stay in the theater that long for that one. It was power. It was powerful and gritty. <laughs> yeah, definitely powerful and gritty. I, uh, I appreciated breaking wind. Uh, <laughs> I think it happens at least twice a day in my life. Breaking wind, you know. Um, you pro- you probably saw Brokeback Wind. That'd be more your speed. Maybe, yeah. Brokeback Wind. That's that's uh, yeah. <laughs> so yes, anyway, yeah. So anyways, um, so back to so you, you know you you start doing comedy. You decide this isn't. I don't think I want to pursue this. You go to you go to college and you start. Well, I got asked to leave the comedy club for heckling. So if if, uh, I guess I overplayed my hand and I thought I was the fascist dictator because I was you know like hosting amateur night, but I was boot. I was asked to to leave. I think just that night, but I did never come back. Uh, Of course, that comedy club didn't last much longer, so they shut down. And then I think what happened in Nashville was kind of like zanies became the the monopoly this is like 1980 1998 99 so then when zany's is the only thing there's this racket where you have to take classes to do improv i'm like i'm not taking fucking class i already know how to do improv to take classes so that i can quote graduate from the class to to do five minutes of amateur night zany so i just quit i was just like i'm not doing any of that and i just totally focused on undergrad and then grad school and then that was all you know philosophy compared to religion um literature uh history all that kind of stuff and then around that same time this is about 2002 or three i'd already kind of had a little bit of introduction to the conspiracy world and so i i kind of read some of those classic maybe in the style of john birch type stuff like you know the un's taking over that kind of stuff yeah um and then but i did get deeper into more substantial ideas of 
conspiracy from from a historical perspective because originally I wanted to be a history major. That didn't work out. I ended up just doing philosophy and literature. Uh, and then around that time, I was watching a lot of Alex Jones stuff. I was watching Loose Change, all those kind of classic, you know, 2003, 2004 things that are going around. Like when viral videos were new, you know, it was like you're skipping through E-bombs world and you go yeah. from the Star Wars kid over to Loose Change. <laughs> <laughs> was... I remember that had a big impact on me. And um, I listened uh, to Alex Jones for a long time, many years. Uh, and then I got a little more into geopolitics, maybe not so much the... I think if you the more academic side of conspiracy, yeah, kind of takes you into geopolitics and espionage. So when I was doing grad work, I was like, well, I'm going to pick something interesting that I can kind of tie all these worlds together. You know, be it economics, be it philosophy, be it literature, be it espionage, Hollywood, because I was taking film classes too. And so uh, I'd been blogging at the same time, and it, it all just kind of coalesced. I did a thesis on James Bond and the way that Ian Fleming uses propaganda. Uh, and that, that enabled me to tie in you know, espionage and geopolitics, and philosophy and literature and conspiracy all into to one thing and ended up almost getting in. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... It's interesting, man. I, I I think it's 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 I think too. It's easy, especially in liberty, or just the idea of how inefficient government is. Um, that it's like, well, how no way could they plan this? I mean, that was an argument I heard quite a bit. Was um, you know, there's no way government could plan this, but it's like, well, it doesn't take many people. It takes a few smart people who can influence many people. I mean, and and I saw it just even you know, my experience with corporate America. I mean, there's you find an area where you can hustle within a giant bureaucracy and then you can start making changes quickly. And I think that's all it kind of takes. Um, well, the, so, the idea that the government is inept is itself in many ways, a kind of a smokescreen that people hide behind depending on what you're talking about and what levels of control you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, these people in Congress and the, you know, the, the people that think that islands float and can tip over, these people are inept, but that's not really who runs things. Um, and if you, I did a whole lecture series, uh, 16 hours of lectures on the totality of tragedy and hope. And if you read that, you know, Dr. Quigley explains that the election process itself is really just a kind of charade to make people think that they're involved and that they have a say. So uh, when they don't, the, the people in, Politics are, for the most part, chosen and have been chosen for 100 years, he says. So government ineptitude is really, I think, one level of the facade. Uh, behind that, you actually have very adept, very smart, very crafty, cunning individuals uh, who do know how to plan things. They're the ones who plan <laughs> the uh, uh, advanced uh, you know, surveillance technology. They're the ones who, who plan the uh you know intercontinental ballistic missiles they're not stupid okay the, these are the people who've already uh, marked out the planet into zones northcom centcom southcom north uh, uh centcom and so forth so they're not stupid um they're very adept they have mastered all sorts of scientific technique 
uh, and they're using it at their disposal to erect the technocracy. So I, I think that it's a mistake to assume that the people who run things are stupid. They're not, and they're not really government. The government that we have has kind of long been bought. So it's a corporate government. It's an owned private entity. Uh, the bank is a private entity. It's right, the, the big families are the shareholders, just like you have a, a monopoly essentially in the realm of food with four or five companies that own all of the food, corporate food. You have a monopoly of four or five companies that own all of the media. Uh, and it's no different with our economy and with um, the the banking industry. Those have for a long time. Quigley says that the that America has been essentially run by wealthy families since around 1900. He says that even at the turn of the century, they had the majority of the country's wealth back then, the same families. So that's my view of things. I don't think that politics is a real thing. I think that the, you'll notice the plan marches on despite who's in office. And that's because, you know, the people in office are more like car salesmen. They're like, they're just whoring themselves out for CEO positions. So I kind of view that as like a, a CEO position. Kim Jong-un occupies a, a CEO position, a mob position that's allowed for a time period. Uh, and if they start to uh, be a problem, uh, which Miles Copeland details in his book, they go sour, they get removed. There's a coup, regime change, whatever. Uh, somebody else can be put in their place who's, who's, who fits the role. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I mean, for me, it seems like, you know, the whole Donald Trump thing has been a, I mean, I feel like he's going to be the great fall guy in mm -hmm. a sense. And, and I think that he's also going to be used to, I mean, it seems like for like the past years, it's like, you know, Obama was supposed to be this guy about our constitution and civil rights and he removed a ton of civil rights, um, you know, signed in the legislation to remove a ton of civil rights. And I, I feel like, you know, Donald Trump's going to do stuff that, you know, I, I feel like he's going to do like some very traditionally left things like uh, universal or uh, one payment health care mm -hmm. systems and stuff like that. I, I probably try to get more assault, like a, a larger assault weapons ban federally, um, like something you wouldn't expect from a, mm -hmm. a, a, a traditional Republican. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And it's going to be interesting, too, because there is like the intentional polarization and he always seems to like insert himself via twitter and he does it brilliantly in a way like it's not uh it's interesting because i started reading like scott adams and, and his his persuasion thing and i think there's a lot of truth to what scott adams is saying i mean especially with facts don't matter to most people um and i think it's 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 right. it's, it's interesting the way things are rolling out i feel like you know trump is going to accomplish things and getting certain things done. And then at the same time, he's going to be a huge fall guy for, you know, if the, when the economy does tank or when more bubbles burst or, or things like that. So I, are, are there any things in particular, I mean, just from knowing what you know and researching what you research, like what, how do you think the whole Trump, uh, Trump thing is going to play out? Did you see gremlins too? Kremlins too. I did see Kremlins too. Do you remember who the villain is? It's the uh, the scientist guy, right? I'm trying to remember, but then the no, well, it's, he... a, it's a it's a billionaire oh, developer. Sorry. Oh yeah, Clamp. that's right. Yeah, Clamp you're right. Industries. It's Trump. Interesting, man. I'm going to rewatch that movie now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is the Gremlins 
are so clamp industries runs you know this this tower that has everything from genetic modification going on in it uh to running a tv channel to running uh development they're going to develop chinatown or something like that in um, in new york so the the movie ends with the one of the gremlins undergoing trans operation becomes a tranny there's a tranny gremlin yeah and the tranny gremlin falls in love with a human yeah so i i just think it's funny that we're seeing <laughs> under trump <laughs> the uh the rise of the trannies and the sjw tranny army um is this is it all predicted i don't know i mean i mean i know i'm kind of out on a limb being ridiculous but if you watch gremlins 2 it's pretty funny um no but i mean and it is it is a satirizing yeah. of, of trump by the way yeah huh that's fascinating man i haven't seen that movie since i was a little kid um but yeah there's so much remember, weird shit did you the movie theater the in, the, in that building i did watch back to the future one through three recently Do you think uh biff is trump he well, in casinos, the second movie, he's got a giant yeah. tower. Yeah, in the second movie, yeah. He's actually. President. Did he become president in the, uh, yeah, in the alternate timeline? He becomes president. Wow. I never even realized that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like things you just dismiss out of for the this sake of. This is the kind of crazy <laughs> shit that's in my book, by the way. It's like this kind of stuff. Huh. I gotta, I gotta really now, read your book. Do I claim like a paranoid schizophrenic that this is all necessarily planned? I don't know. In which cases this stuff's planned, but there's all kinds of weird, crazy stuff like this. Well, I think so too. I think there's some weird things that we don't understand. Like maybe we subconsciously uh, propagate it in a weird way too. I mean, like I, I, I like when you, when you go down a rabbit hole of of. I don't know, man, even like just my life, like, you know, like stuff we talk about can be pretty terrifying, right? Like, well, the government's a sham and all this stuff. So it's, you know, so what, what can you do? You focus on the things you can control or like mm-hmm. we were talking about early on, you know, you try to find freedom in an unfree world. I try to and, focus on the things, you know, that I can control, like other people's minds. Stuff like that <laughs> That's, gives me the lot, the most pleasure in the midst of all the, the chaos. But I, well, I think it's, uh, I mean, even like the, the character in, um, you know, in, in the Watchmen, the comedian, like, you know, he, he thought, he thought the world oh, yeah. was hilarious. So he became a parody of it. That's right. Um, and I think that's like that, that character really resonated with me, mm-hmm. uh, just from reading that comic and, and just the, I, I think it's, um, well, you know, what resonated with me is more of the, the guy with the giant dick, the blue dick too. The giant. Yeah. Blue, yeah. That's yeah. more what. I identify with, but you know, if you want to be the comedian, that's cool. No, yeah, no, yeah. I I identify with the guy that raped his baby's mother. I'm and just all. joking. Man. Yeah, no, I'm just teasing too. Yeah, you're but gonna I be, think you're going to go off here and be like, man, this guy is a fucking asshole. Why did no. you recommend him, Brett? <laughs> no, Brett didn't even recommend you. I, I actually, he told me we were talking. Well, and he probably was like, did not have this motherfucker on. No, he didn't say anything bad about you. He goes, yeah, I'm going to have Jay Dyer on. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I said, did you see this video? Somebody says he's Rockefeller's grandson. And it's, uh, uh, No, it's Ted Turner. Ted Turner's yeah, grandson. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was made by this idiot rapper chick. And, well, uh, yeah, the, the, 
chick is, is a rapper. I'm not going to say her name. Um, although her videos are pretty hilarious in their own right, but, uh, her and her boyfriend came up with this video that, that I'm a, the Nazi grandson of Ted Turner, which is just great. I love the video. Actually, I show it to all my <laughs> friends and family. Everybody gets a kick out of it. And, uh, there's more though. And there's a whole, all kinds of haters out there now. So once you have any just tiny modicum of success, suddenly people hate you. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have enough haters yet. I'm kind of disappointed. I'm waiting for that moment. Yeah. I hope so. That'd be nice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. But you have good reason to to dislike me. First, I sent you a weird chain of emails about (laughs) confirming time. And then I think I confused you in the process of just trying to confirm a time. Hmm. And then, uh, and then you're like, what is this? I was probably thinking, man, Jay's probably thinking, like, what's this fucking guy's deal? This guy's a psyop, man. He sends <laughs> a, <laughs> he's, he calls me he's up try- and un- unleashes this barrage of cuss words for like 10 minutes. Because <laughs> his technology wasn't working right. He's using nah, Kim Jong-un's Commodore 64s to record interviews. <laughs> that was the funniest, too, was like, I was listening, I was working, and I was listening to NPR about the Sony hack and they're like, we think it's the North Koreans. And I'm like, what? Yeah. They're sitting in a room and they're like, well, these guys, we actually like get on the internet and they're still are. And they, and they intentionally left Korean care. Like, it was just like, everything's such a joke. And, um, I, and I think it's, uh, and I think just, it goes back to like, you know, what you were saying is like, reality's pretty funny. Like Wiener's sending pic- dick pics to people, Anthony Wiener. Yeah. And, and I, there's just some other stuff too. That's just, just ridiculous and i don't think and i think maybe and again maybe it goes back to the subconscious thing like maybe people people think that i think people start to buy into their own hype and that's they start doing stupid shit and then they like kind of just lose touch with reality um if you look at the technology in those images and you're supposed to believe that that technology can hack the pentagon yeah, and can hack Sony and all this nonsense, and they're sitting there literally with Windows XP and a ball mouse <laughs> from like <laughs> 1998, and that they're gonna hack Sony and steal the script for the interview, which just happens to be the lampooning of North Korea. Uh, to me, it's just a bunch of psyop within psyop. And actually, it came out that uh, who the person involved from in that was a, a guy from the Rand Corporation. Uh, so I think that was absolutely 100% stage psyop. So yeah, all the world's a stage and you know, that's, that's what I find fascinating is, is this interplay between fiction and reality and the absurd and the real. And, and um, so I, I wrote a book on it and that's what you get for. That's my plug. <laughs> for thirty dollars, you get three hundred sixty-three pages and four hundred four footnotes. Only at Jay's analysis signed copies. Well, no, I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's good though. I think. I think the the connections between the two. Is, I mean, I think it's just interesting, man. Are, are you going to record an audio book? Uh, no. I, people keep asking me that. I'm too lazy to do that, dude. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, dude, I did make remember? a. Uh, I made like an hour video report based on one of the chapters yesterday so that took a long ass time so i guess that's kind of the same thing but uh no i'm gonna charge people (laughs) individually for each one of those i'm not gonna put together one big audio um but it hasn't been a lot of people it's only been a handful of people that have asked for that yeah it's it is a public it's an actual established publisher but it's 
they're kind of smaller, so it's not it's not like you know Simon and Schuster or something like that. But um, yeah, well, I think but even I don't if think they, they have that capability. Do you have? I mean, even if they get, uh, I'm assuming you have an ebook for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's Kindle edition and all that, and all that sold really good. Yeah, because I would. I mean, I use uh, I use Voice Dream a lot because I, I I'm usually outside working and I'll listen to a, a British robot voice read a lot of books to me. So, <laughs> so that's probably the way so I'll do a gay it. Stephen Hawking. What do you mean? Uh yeah, a little bit. Like he's more. <laughs> he's a more masculine sounding. So he's definitely a top. He wouldn't be a bottom. I'm making all these dumb jokes because I got banned from Facebook. I've been censored on Facebook. So I'm. I don't even know your. I mean, you came on the scene here cussing up a storm like a it's, like a sailor's drunk daddy <laughs> it's okay man i okay. i think i deserve it and i have a i mean if if you hung out with my friends jay you would you it's way worse i mean usually usually i'm i'm the butt of every joke with most of my group of friends and i kind of like it that way because it, it doesn't allow me to get i mean it doesn't allow me to get think that my shit doesn't stink so i, I mean like i i can i can handle it don't worry bud um I don't think you're worried about it anyway. Well, so I just it. meant the niceties of what words can and can't be said on your podcast. Oh, you can say whatever you want, buddy. Like, I'm not. Well, it's no, always different. Like, you go on different things. I, one time I made a vagina joke on, uh, like, KABC, like, ABC Radio, and I got the guy yelled at me. The, <laughs> the producer of the, show, the ABC Radio thing was, I was like, I'm, I didn't know I couldn't make a vagina joke, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> so how did it, how did it come about with uh you doing this show on um on that uh I, I'm so yeah on, on Gaia TV like how did you and Jay Jay uh, Weidner get together Well he I had watched his stuff but I never talked to him or had any kind of contact with him and I just been doing my own thing and been doing my podcast and then uh, I went on a couple shows with Sean Stone and that's what got the book deal thing. And so I, I put together a book and uh, that was out for a few months. And around that time, uh, Jay emailed me and said, Hey, come be on a few guys shows and see what you think. See if you think we could do a show, you know, roughly along the lines of the stuff that's in your book. And, you know, again, I had seen his documentaries on Kubrick. I'd seen room 237 and all that. So I was familiar with this stuff and so I went up there and met them and saw their studios and all that stuff and had a lot of fun doing that. And I'd kind of, when he first mentioned, I didn't really, I thought it was like, I didn't know who this, I mean, I knew it was Jay Widener, but I was like, this is like some kind of scam or something. Like maybe somebody's using a dummy name, <laughs> like, <laughs> like come be on a TV show. I'm like, yeah, right. Um, but it was all real. So I was like, well, shit, this is real. Um, so the idea was tossed around like what how is it going to be well so let's do Siskel Ebert style basically uh and we picked out 23 movies to do originally it was 17 then it became 23 and uh, it, it was a lot of work to sketch out what because you have to pass through lawyers what you're going to say ahead of time yeah so you have to have everything that you're going to say about each single clip laid out and it has to all be legalized and so yeah it eventually came together i didn't 
I was always, I was kind of surprised. I didn't think it really would happen. And then it did. Um, it's going really good. I think there's a good chance, most likely, that there's going to be a second season, which is what I've been waiting to hear. <laughs> so I'll know <laughs> what, what my paycheck will be in the next year. That's um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. It, it went great. It, we did um, an episode on Ridley Scott, Alien series. We did a couple Kubrick episodes, 2001, Eyes Wide Shut. We did, I think, The Shining. Uh, we did uh, James Bond. We did Christopher Nolan films. We did Roman Polanski, two or three of his films. Uh, just going from off the top of my head. We did X-Files. We did kind of all the stuff that you would expect to be related to the conspiracy world, you know, in terms of movies. The the Matrix, that was like the first episode with The Matrix. Um and yeah, it was a lot of fun. You shoot it very quickly. It's like you do all of them in a week. Well, not all of them, but you do like 10 in a week. And then the next week you shoot 10 of them. It's all kind of crammed together. Um, you, you knock it out pretty quick. Um, and the shows vary in length. Some of them are 30 minutes, some of them are 45. Uh, but I'm very happy with the finished product. It's a very professional, you know, it's a real TV show. It's not, <laughs> it's not a do your, <laughs> do yourself thing. They have a, giant facility it's a hundred million dollar company trade publicly traded company so so it was great it was a lot of fun yeah that's pretty awesome man i'm looking forward to checking those out now so if people want to watch it do they have to subscribe to gaia tv or um can they can they view it uh independently of that or no uh, actually it's owned by uh it's actually owned by jay's company uh, it's not technically oh, by Gaia, but Gaia is the only place that streams it. But Gaia is also available on Amazon Prime. Oh, so nice. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch our show. Uh, it's also on Apple TV and Roku and all that kind of stuff. And if you don't have that stuff, then, yeah, you would have to subscribe to Gaia directly. Um, and I honestly don't know off the top of my head how much that is. But but it, it's, it's worth it. There's 23 episodes, and we're going to do probably 23 more. Um and the way it's structured is it's educational. You know what I mean? It's like, if you've ever read any of my film analyses, which is kind of what got all this ball rolling, you're getting information about how the world really works in the midst of, you know, something that's entertaining, you know, a movie. Yeah. Uh, so that's what the show is. And it's two different perspectives kind of bantering back and forth. Jay's the older, Hollywood uh, encyclopedia kind of guy, and then I'm the younger whippersnapper philosophy guy. So it makes for an interesting chemistry. Absolutely, and uh, and uh, you said <laughs> you said that there was there's times in the <laughs> that you guys were there was definitely conflicts on certain things, but they were just kind of edited out. <laughs> or it was Not like, between me and him. There was a funny yeah. one in the Chinatown episode. There was a, a there's a scene where Jack Nick. Or Jack Nicholson slaps Faye Dunaway and he slaps the crap out of her. And uh, there was a woman who was on the set and it was very upsetting to her that the scene was shown. So that was actually cut from uh, the episode. And we had to say something like, we don't condone violence against women as if anybody thought that we did. And I was thinking like, you know, we just watched uh, Titanic where, like a thousand people fell off of the Titanic and died, but that didn't trigger anybody. <laughs> like, do we have to come on and say, I don't condone Titanic's 
sinking and killing a thousand people. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's but, especially when the guy falls off and he's screaming, then he hits the we propeller. We do not falling off of Titanic's. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so it wasn't really, I mean, Jay and I disagree over what the meaning of 2001 is, but uh, I, I honestly don't remember what happened. We were just stoned out of our minds when we shot the shows. Why don't, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> now you said you, you just sit there in a chair for 12 you hours sit in the chair. For, well, not 12 hours, but like maybe from 9am till four or 5pm. So you're sitting there all day. You do have a lunch break, but uh, they have really good organic food there. But, um, but, but to yeah, the, just, by the end of the day, on. you know, you don't even know what you're saying. Like you're just, kind of mush and your sounds are coming out of your face but you don't know what they mean yeah i mean yeah because i imagine just staying turned on that long i mean if, if you sat down and did you know podcasts from 7 a.m to yeah. 9 to 4 p.m of just like, it's like doing a six or seven hour podcast basically but yeah. you have to have a bunch of makeup on <laughs> <laughs> and you have to uh be animated be animated be animated and, you know, by 4 p.m., you're not animated and you're just like, I think Christopher Nolan is making a film that is philosophical. <laughs> Do you like his movies? I haven't uh, read some of Christopher Nolan's. I liked uh, Inception. I thought that was good. Um, the Batmans are hit and miss. Uh, Insomnia is pretty good. Uh, yeah. We've talked about doing his student film uh, follow, the following following yeah but um i can't remember if that's still on the list for season two or not but uh you know some of it some of it's stupid i i, I thought there was interesting aspects of interstellar and then i went back and, and i wrote analysis which has got a whole lot of views and then i went back and watched interstellar and i was like it's kind of silly yeah i so. i like that movie a lot i uh i don't know why I just, I just I just like doing the Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he's gonna fly just, that Lincoln into space. I just I just imagine him driving that Lincoln, drinking his wild turkey in space. I just saw he does wild turkey commercials now too. <laughs> oh, does he? Okay. Yeah, but he looks a little bit more country. Like he grew his hair out a little bit more, and he's got facial oh, okay. hair. Well, it's you know, I wanted I actually wanted to be a lot more silly on the show. Um, yeah, and we we they brought in a guy who's really good. Uh, he a two time Emmy winner actually, who's the producer. And he's he's kind of like you know dial it back a little in season one. He might he might let me come out of my cage or something in season two. But <laughs> like I was really wanting to do a lot of impersonations, and I was you know talking like Matthew McConaughey all of a sudden, or talking like Michael Caine all of a sudden, and they were kind of surprised. They're like, well. <laughs> like I, I guess they'd never seen any of the, my stuff, and so they thought that I was just going to come in and be this guy that's you know like. Uh, this movie is about yoga, <laughs> you know, because that's what Gaia is always about yoga. You know? But no, I'm like yeah. talking like Matthew McConaughey and talking like a black woman and crazy shit like that. That's pretty funny. I expected you to be crazy when you came on. That's why I'm not like really surprised that you're making silly jokes. Well, this is the though. real me. But then when you watch the episodes, except for the few instances where they don't cut out my impersonations, uh, <laughs> you'll see kind of serious, serious mode. And and that show is called Hollywood Decoded, correct? It is right, Hollywood Decoded. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that out, man. Well, the farm season's finally coming to a close, man. So I'll have more time mm -hmm. to chill in the winter time and um, 
watch some TV, man. Do you like these uh, these kinds of movies that we're talking about here? A lot of people say, "Why why you do all these blockbusters?" Well, that's because what people know, dude. Yeah, I go I, I I go to the movies like that's probably my yeah. number one. I mean, I'm in Ohio, man. That's my number one form of entertainment. I think right. our number our number one entertainment in Ohio is going out to eat and drinking. And then I think movies is up there too. For me, that's my number one form. Like I go to the movies at least once a week. I'm oh, a I'm a Stubbs member. A what member? <laughs> a Stubbs member at AMC. Oh, I'm okay. just joking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have AMCs around there, you we know do, what I'm talking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They talk about it nonstop when you go. So. Well, they. When I I chose the first seventeen episodes and the what the movies would be. And I was just kind of going off the book, and I didn't actually think about the content of Gaia. And so they were kind of like, your episodes are too dark. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they filmed six more on top of the original 17 that were more positive. So they've, they've been sprinkling in the positive in the midst of the, the ones that I chose. But I just chose what I thought would be, you know, film and conspiracy. Um but like, have yeah. you seen Chinatown? That was the last episode that came out. That episode came out great, which is the one I thought would be cut. I have not seen Chinatown. I know it's a classic and it's on my t- two watch list, but it was, it was before my time. So it had come out in like 80, 80, early eighties, mid eighties, right? Chinatown. I think it's uh yeah, 80, 80 or 81, something like that. Yeah. I was born in, I was born in 85. So I've been like oh, slowly okay. going back through. Well, it is, uh, it is actually possible to watch a movie before you're born. Can't no, I know, but it's like some movies that there's a lot of good old movies that I'm unaware of. And it's like, so Chinatown, I just recently even became aware of because oh, I think okay. I was, I was on IMDb and who, who made Chinatown? You heard of is Star that, Wars? I have heard of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a lot of those movies are piles of garbage. Check out Star the, Wars you know, who made it? It's a Roman Polanski movie. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was going down the Roman Polanski list. Um, just because he's such, I like it. Like I like the Ninth Gate. Um, that was an interesting yeah, movie. Yeah, I did an analysis first. of that, and we did an episode on Ninth Gate. I think, I think so. Unless they cut <laughs> it because it's too dark or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's an a, episode on that. It's a dark movie. I actually wanted to read the books. I thought the story was uh-huh. super interesting, but I yeah. think it's um, isn't it? It's it's in another language originally, right? The book. I think it's a Spanish book. I believe. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, so the and then um so I saw that so and I saw the one Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mexican Spanish is its uh, its own thing. I I spoke fluent Mexican and then I went to Spain and I had no idea what people were fucking oh, saying. Really? Yeah, huh. especially in like uh Barcelona. I don't anymore. I was in high school. I worked oh, at Steak and Shake. It was my first job and everybody else that I worked with so you I went was to Spain for Steak and Shake. No, no, but this is when I learned Spanish. I ran with the bulls in Spain. I went to Spain, <laughs> ran with the bulls. You were bulls. picking out what steak would be used for the steak at steak. And oh, absolutely, yeah. So I was, I was um, doing Drew's analysis of steak for the bullfighting. Oh, okay. Yeah, but no. um, but yeah, it, it was you know it would. I didn't realize there's so many different languages. But anyways, um, yeah. So that that yeah, I think um, in the world there's like twelve total. <laughs> I met in Spain, so there's like uh, the Basque, and there's very there's a lot of different separatist movements in Spain that I had no idea even existed. Like, so Pamplona, where you run with the bulls, that's the Basque name for Pamplona. is Arunia, so they have a different city name and everything, and I didn't even know. So for the same place, um, and because people would try to talk to me, and I'm like, what? That is not Spanish. What is that guy talking? Mm-hmm. 
So, um, anyways, um, before we got too silly there, um, but yeah, so the ninth gate, and then I watched what was it, Fragile? I think wasn't the movie with Harrison Ford and Frantic. Roman, Frantic, yeah, him and his wife, Roman Polanski's yes. wife, and uh, didn't see the pianist. I haven't seen his more recent movies, but I, he makes interesting movies, mm-hmm. man. I just uh, the whole uh, having sex with a minor thing was interesting, but not. Well, that's part of the reason that it came up in the episode is because we're, you know, we're talking about esoteric Hollywood. So we're talking about stuff that went on kind of in the background at times too, which, you know, at times is the backstory to the movies. So you have the the whole black Dahlia stuff going on in the background in relationship to John Houston. And John Houston is the bad guy money man in uh, Chinatown. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Sense. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen Chinatown, so well, no, I'm guessing I'm he's Black Dahlia. Oh, I saw. It. Yeah, so Black Dahlia. That was like women being murdered, right? Was that the? Well, it's a I famous think... ritual murder, like a cult okay. ritual murder. And the prevailing thesis is that it was George Hodel in the circles of the artist Man Ray, the surrealist, uh, and John Huston, okay, his orgy buddy. And these are all Hollywood guys. Okay. So, I mean, I know like pedophilia is like, I mean, Elijah Wood, I think, has talked about it. Like, it's in a, even in the music industry, like with Criss Cross, and it feels like, it sounds like, I mean, pedophilia has been that going the, on for that a was, long time. You mentioned Elijah Wood. That was, that was what Flipper's about. The movie Flipper? Mm-hmm. It's about uh, child molesting. You didn't catch that? <laughs> no, I didn't catch that. I didn't <laughs> see that. How movie. can we have this interview, man? You don't even know how to read movies. <laughs> I didn't see the movie Flipper. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm too grown up for that movie. I'm not going to go see it. And that's the one with Paul Hogan, right? Uh is that the name of the whale? No, no, that's um that's Free Willy. Paul Hogan, um I meant Free Willy. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> I oh, okay, Flipper. Free Willy. Yeah, that's like Elijah Flipper. Wood. Yeah, is he, I, Elijah Woods in Flipper? Or, I mean, uh, bit, uh Free Willy. Free Willy? Huh. I didn't even realize that. It's been a long time. I know Michael Madsen's in it. Oh, okay. Um, cool Runnings. Have you seen that? <laughs> I have seen Cool Runnings. Yes, I've seen Cool Runnings. About the Illuminati, dude. <laughs> With the uh, the um, Jamaican bobsled team? Yes, it's the Jamaican Illuminati. I, have, I had a comment one time on my website a couple years ago to join the Nigerian Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Well, I mean, it was, I think, probably a scam. Probably. Or I yeah. was really being invited into the Nigerian Illuminati, and I just didn't. I missed my chance. But uh, Free Willy is. Am I wrong? I thought for sure he that, that had uh, a young Elijah Wood in it. Um, yeah, I thought it was uh, the kid from the Mighty Ducks. I could be. I could be totally wrong. I'm, I have to Maybe look it up. Right. Yeah, I don't see Elijah Wood on here. Okay, it's J, uh, JTT John. Jonathan, no, it's not. <laughs> it's uh, Zach Morris. No, it's um, I don't know who he is, but yeah, you're right. Shit, man, you ought to be doing the movie reviews here. I don't. Even know <laughs> I, I I like movies a lot, man. I, it's it is like my favorite. That's why I wanted to have you on too. It's like, I mean, he does some cool stuff with Hollywood, and then uh, I was like, he's he's extra silly too. So maybe people could appreciate our uh, our immature humor. Well. What's in my I book, like the- if people would like to 
send me their gold coins. money. Yeah. Uh, what's in my book is Kubrick, first 80 pages, Eyes Wide Shut, The Shining, 2001. And no, it's not Jay Wiener's analysis. Mine's different. The next uh, 80 pages is Spielberg and H.G. Wells and how influential H.G. Wells was on Hollywood through his science fiction. So I do uh, Close Encounters, AI, Minority Report. Uh, no, I don't believe in aliens, so I'm not arguing for aliens. But aliens serve a very powerful propaganda function. And, and talk about warfare, by the way. The next section in the book is uh, like 70s and 80s fantasy dystopia, Logan's Run, Zardoz, Labyrinth, Neverending Story, Ridley Scott's Legend, Blade Runner, Prometheus, all the way up to modern Ridley Scott. And then the last section is uh, 007 and Hitchcock films, and then it's David Lynch and crazy-ass David Lynch shit from Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive, and then a, a little concluding chapter on the CIA in Hollywood. So that's that's the kind of stuff that's in my book. That's great, man. I definitely think people should check it out. Um, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna send you my my uh, fiat currency awesome. for your book. I yeah, I, fiat I, currencies too. Yeah, <laughs> they are acceptable here. You uh, take Bitcoin too. The yeah. So if anybody does want the book, they, and this, I'm not trying to end our talk. I'm having a good time, but yeah, yeah. I plug my shit in the middle, dude. Dude, that's how you got to do it. I uh, think yeah, that's, you can get a signed copy key. at my website. And I've got, uh, and it's been out for eight months, and there's over 100 five star reviews. So that's pretty good for eight months. I think so. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think I heard about you until eight months ago. So I, I oh, think okay. that's when you first came into. I didn't hear about you until you came into uh, Brett's, uh, came Brett's into group. Existence eight months ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why that's why it's very clear you're that you're not are Ted a person Turner. until you're on Brett's show. Yeah, I mean uh, that makes sense. I I uh, I was on Brett's show thankfully because I interviewed Brett about his history and then he, he threw me on his show and I was like, oh, this is so cool! What a nice guy. Right. And then I then I proceeded to have him on again and then he I don't think he aired that one and then he, he did air <laughs> he aired half of the last one we did. Oh. And uh, he did that nice thing where he's like, so you can check the full interview out on <laughs> Drew's show. And I was like, what a nice guy. Brett's a good guy. Big shout out to to. Brett Vinat Vignette. No, I'm just kidding. Brett's a no. I'm gonna go to um. I'm gonna go to his uh that event with him and Thaddeus Russell as well. So I think I'm I'm actually recording again with Brett on Tuesday, and I'll tell him how much fun I had with with Jay Dyer. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh now what did you, so I remember when AI came out. It was like you know I feel like this movie would have been way it would have been way darker had Stanley Kubrick finished it. Mm. And I felt like that they changed it drastically with the ending. Um, I don't know what it was supposed to say, but it just it just seemed like this isn't this went from feeling very Kubrick style to very Spielberg style. Yeah. Who wasn't Steven Spielberg directed AI? Right, like Who? he um, Steven Spielberg. Uh, my book's ghostwritten, dude. I don't I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> He can't talk about it because the uh, Illuminati will shut down the rest of the show, and it will be clear that you are in the CIA and you are Ted Turner's grandson. Well, it wouldn't You're, be a Spielberg movie without aliens, right? Yeah, so, he's pretty obsessed with that. Well, he had to throw it into Indiana Jones. What right. was his? He was like, "I'll find a way to ruin the series with Shia LaBeouf and throw in aliens." 
And I like the CGI monkey scene. <laughs> that and that and Jar Jar are my favorite movie scenes ever. I think I really liked how uh, Indiana Jones survived an atomic blast in a refrigerator. I thought that was really cool and very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it threw him so many feet and then he popped out. And um, Yeah, I, I think the more interesting thing is I feel like I just saw that the pile of garbage Luke Besson film. Um, my buddy made fun of me for wanting to see it, but I was like, oh, this Valerian. is what he, Yes. Yeah. And um, number one, uh, neither the main guy or girl can act. Apparently, the girl is like her family's super rich. And I think that's originally she's a model and then she became an actress. Yeah. And um, but I think it's just interesting with aliens. You know, something you were saying about aliens is it's like we're it's like our obsession and our arrogance to want to find ourselves. And then it's like, not only are these aliens more peaceful than us and they live in this utopia, but they are the noble savages that mm-hmm. we ruin with society and everything. And I think it's like aliens and the noble savage, I feel like, are the, these two reoccurring themes yeah. that I see all point. the time. It's a great point. Yeah. I, I, in my AI analysis, I kind of touched on all the standard stuff that you would expect, like, um, the transhumanist stuff, and I, I kind of saw it as a transhumanist fairy tale, but there's some actually 9-11-ish type stuff in that movie, too. And it came out right around 2001, which is bizarre. Um, but yeah. There's a scene where he, when he's, going, when he's flying to New York, you see two towers that uh, disappear. And the towers actually look like the obelisks of 2001. So I think Spielberg's probably giving a nod to Kubrick there. Um, and so, yeah, that's that. I, again, I, I just see it as a, a fairy tale that is transhumanism and, but it's reversed. It's like, we are real, but in that film, the real is the bot. And then if you remember his nemesis kids, kind of Cain Abel type story with Martin, the little asshole who's crippled, right? Yeah, you get the dehumanization of the human and the humanization of the bot, and I think that's intentional. That's on purpose. That's to really kind of prep us for uh, where things are going with transhumanism, and I do see that as kind of a deception. Um, that is a, a theme that comes up in my book. Uh, that's a theme you mentioned, Luke Besson. That was Lucy. I thought Lucy was awful. I thought it was a pile of garbage. <laughs> it's like. Uh, she turns into a flash drive She's at the end. Spoiler drive. alert. So that's ridiculous. And oh, she looks into the eyes of the first ape, Lucy. <laughs> it's like, whoa, <laughs> so deep. Um, yeah, that's but he hasn't made a good movie in a long time, like way back. Since, you know, like Probably since the professional, because we went back. So, say, fifth, yeah. so Fifth Element came into, uh, which, which the professional. I thought this new movie was just Fifth Element. I was like. You already made this movie. Well, it just didn't have a Bruce Willis action film feeling to it. And apparently Bruce Willis wanted a lot of that movie changed to make it have that theme. And also, it doesn't have Luke Perry, which any movie Mm -hmm. isn't good without Luke Perry. Um, No, I went back and saw... We went and saw The Fifth Element. It was like part of the promotion. Fathom will will release the older films. Mm -hmm. And then like you can see a Fathom event in the theater. And then it's like an interview with... With the one of the original guys, we went and saw. We just saw the Wrath of Cain too, which um, man, that movie's 
It doesn't. I mean, most of these movies don't hold up, but a lot of times is that they're that so. That's the one with John Lithgow. No, no, uh, Wrath it's of Star Kane. Trek. What is that? Wrath of Cain. Uh, it's Star Trek uh, Two. The second Wrath of Khan. Khan. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Yeah, sorry, Star Trek fans are. You you must be. Off. You must have a girlfriend because you mispronounce the Star Trek names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend, unfortunately. I just, uh, I just, yeah, nope, single. Um, Single, single, and ready to mingle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Wrath of Khan, and um, it it was uh, it was super cheesy for sure. Yeah, I did but, some analyses of those. The Khan one did have some weird aspects with uh, false flags mm-hmm. as the plot, but then I noticed in the last Star Trek installment, which I did analysis of Social Justice Warriors in Space, what was the preva- prevalent theme in all three reboots was the idea of the terrorist being the guy who just wants to have his own culture. Uh, yeah, that, that was every bad guy in the new ones is the guy who doesn't want to go along with the globalist Federation. And as I mentioned the Brett star Trek has from the get go been created in tandem with the Rand corporate. There were, they had Rand corporation consultants uh, designing actually the, the bridge yeah. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, man. That's pretty interesting. I do know that Star Trek was also the first interracial kiss on life, like on TV too, with William Shatner and uh, um, O'Hara. No, yeah, not Spock. No, that was that's that's a that's that's your fan fiction. Kiss. I forgot. My bad. That's that's the fan fiction. That's actually uh, that's my favorite fan fiction, along with Coach fan fiction. Um, you know, with, with Dauber and coach and <laughs> like, I mean, coach fan fiction is probably my favorite. Oh, I don't, I'm busy with my blossom. Fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. I haven't gotten to coach. Blossom fan fiction is awesome, really Whoa. good. I think uh blossom fan fiction is called big bang theory. And that was just, uh, we're going to take every star that didn't do shit after their 90s sitcom. Well, you mentioned Luke Perry. What, how did, did he, what does he play in? element i don't remember you don't remember he's the guy that's helping the professor with aziz light oh yeah it's been forever <laughs> okay so it's ian holm is the professor i remember that yeah that is ian holm and, isn't uh, it mila jovovich is lilu i remember that multi-pass oh, no. and then bruce but no i forgot luke Perry ian, ian holm okay ian holm is the priest so the right. priest comes and the guy who's the oh, i'm sorry the archaeologist but he calls him professor mm. luke perry does so it's like in the when they come and they pull the fifth element out very slowly, and then Which the one the guy gets. Stone. Yeah, that actually the is the philosopher stone. Yeah, the ether. Hmm. And she and it's incarnate somehow in Mila Jovovich. Yeah, well, she's she, the uh, the goddess incarnation of the. Fifth, she is the fifth element. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's she's beautiful. So the interesting thing I think is that Luke Besson was when he filmed the movie, he was hooking up with the the blue singer. Yeah, and then I did read that. and she was like seventeen or eighteen or so. She oh. was. I did not know that. Um, it, yeah, was it was hard to tell because so blue. Right. Oh, well, that makes sense with the uh, relationship between Natalie Portman and uh, what's his face in the professional or in Leon. Um. Because yeah. the professionals, it's not credited, but that's based off the anime Golgo 13 in reality. Right. I mean, yeah, did you ever see Golgo 13? It's like a, a lot of stuff stolen from like Japanese 
Um, like even like Sergio Leone uh, stole. Dude, you're like way nerd now. I thought you were cool. Yeah. <laughs> no. you know, I, Remember, I, I reversed my statement earlier I... about Star Trek pronunciation. You, I don't know yeah. anything about anime, dude. I'm gonna have to get off of here right now. <laughs> I'm joking, I, uh, man. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, it's all I'm good. Kidding. Uh, you're fine. I know you're kidding, buddy. Don't don't you worry, Jay. Yeah. So I mean, that was stolen. So that he stole that, but then he added the weird plot where. He has a romantic relationship with a child, in a sense, because the French version originally, mm. too, they cut out scenes for American audiences because they knew like it would freak us out. And there's like more of this. Um, there's more of that relationship between the two of them uh, and Lyon, because it's Lyon in French. That was the French style versus the professional. So um, Luke Besson's a weird guy. Well, yeah, he went from her to. Mila Jovovic, and then I don't know when they split up, but I think he's he's with somebody else now. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe he's going to get with the uh, the model and the model the the female person from Valerian. Who knows? You think they did the cosplay and that blue stuff? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do you talk to an angel? What's that from? Quizzing you. Um. How do you talk to an angel? How is, do you talk to an angel? Like uh, trying to catch uh, falling star. I know the song, man, but have I don't you know heard where that? it's. I have heard that, man, but I don't remember where well, it's you from. You mentioned Luke Perry, and that made me think of that song because I was thinking of 90210, and then I was thinking, <laughs> what is the theme song of 90210? And then I couldn't remember it, but I remember that song. But that is the theme <laughs> song to the ripoff. Of 90210, which was called The Heights. I never saw The Heights, but I do that's remember. because the song was more of a hit than the stupid-ass show. <laughs> yeah, I remember that song. I don't remember the How show. How do you talk to an angel? I remember in first grade when 90210 was out. Mm-hmm. I remember everyone talking about that and Donnie from New Kids on the Block. So I immediately yes. hated all that. And then I hated Leonardo DiCaprio because all the chicks really liked him, too. Well, they were trying to push Tori Spelling as a hot 902. She's not hot at all, dude. No, that was she's a joke in Scary Movie Scary Movie 2. That was the whole joke was like yeah. uh, how ugly she is. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was a that was a punchline multiple Shannon times. Shannon Doherty's not hot either, too. Like none no. of these not, no, no, 90210 chicks are hot. That's Shannon why they got rid of She's got eye, like one eye is an inch higher than the other eye. That's gross. One, she's crazy too. Like they had that show, Scare Tactics. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, then she got replaced on that show too. I don't think she's been able to keep anything. Even I think Kevin Smith said that she was. They talked about her being a bitch on Mallrats. Um, oh okay. I don't know. I'm not. Well, I like how we we turn this from from uh, the government's issue. So many podcasts and interviews are the same ones, and it's always you know. Yeah, conspiracy stuff, and I get tired of talking about the same shit. No, I didn't want that. I want to know who the fuck is Jay Dyer. Right, that's what I always want to know. And I want to talk about they might be giants because I responded to your thing. I don't know if you remember. To the spiraling shape will make you go insane, and you gave me a handle in the bottle. Now there's thirty left. (laughs) A forty-seven. So what happened to the other (laughs) ten? Why do you suspiciously change the subject and break my (laughs) concentration? I love They Might Be Giants, man. That was yeah, the very. I saw them uh, with my girlfriend back in 2004, I think. It was a lot of fun. I'd always wanted to see them live. I, I've yeah. been a fan since high school, but 
I did John finally get John. to see them live, and I bumped into uh, Flansburg in the bathroom. And I was kind of I was so freaked out that I didn't really know what to say, so I just froze. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in the stall right in front of me, and I walked over and I was like, "Oh!" Uh, uh, and I did that, you know, where you do the dance back and forth where people are trying to pass <laughs> each other in the stall, and you both step in the same direction. So I did a little two step with John Flansburg in the bathroom. I see the skinny one or the 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 chunkier the one. Chunky. I don't remember. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they're both good, man. John and John. John, John, uh, John Linnell. Did they have? Uh, they have like a drummer with them too. Like when they were, was it just the two of them? Because I know sometimes I guess they tour just the two of them. Other times it's like a, a no, band. I think they had a band. They had a band with them. Yeah, that was what I saw too. It was that yeah. uh, I saw them at the Newport Music Hall, which is a classic. Uh, ECW wrestling did an event there um, back in the day, and uh, yeah, I saw. Yeah, dude, Macho Man was born in Columbus, Ohio, and that's wow. still very sad. Yeah, he was his dad was a uh, uh I think it, well, I think his dad was a wrestler. Too. I'd have to rewatch the WWE documentary. And uh but yeah, so he was born there while his dad I think was on the road. And uh George the Animal Steals from Toledo, Ohio. Um I I get pretty nerdy about a lot of shit that I pay attention to, Jay. Like I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid, man. We can go down and I can become the the Jay Widener, the younger encyclopedia of whatever it is I'm interested at the time, and I'll pay attention to. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I've, been working on, I've been working on my Jay Widener impersonation, uh, and I don't know that it's any good because I can never tell my own impersonations, but I was thinking about how funny it'd be to break that out in the middle of the interview, like or one of the shows where like, if, yeah. we're, if we're analyzing a film, <laughs> it would be hilarious to repeat exactly what he said. <laughs> in the exact it, in the it, exact Jay Weiner impersonation, you know Sally Kubrick. Kubrick's got such a great he's a great film a director. Era. Two thousand one is a film about uh, Sally Kubrick's esoteric fascinations. <laughs> I was thinking it'd be great to just exactly repeat Jay's phrase to him, and everybody would just they would be like, "What just happened?" That'd be pretty funny, man. Uh, I, I have to rewatch his. Uh, his that was funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're just being nice. You thought that was. Yes, I have to remember. It's speech pattern. No, I honestly I didn't. I I liked it at first. I just was trying to remember how he sounded because it was like, man, how does he sound again? He does have a because it's like it's been a while since he's I watched. It's like he's yeah. sort of fading away. You know, he's uh, got one of these voices like, uh, where it's like he's fading away. He'll slow down it. And then he'll get excited in the middle of his sentence. Yeah, I <laughs> exactly think that's what he would right. do. He'll slow down. And he's like, but then, like, because he's like, but then. so the, the doctor, yeah, I don't, I don't, but he'll, he'll like, he's talking about eyes wide shut. So the doctor symbolizing, you know, will let you be a part of the club, but you're not really a part of the club. So, <laughs> right. yeah, and it's like, but then they start yeah. coming after him when he's starting to figure this out. And that's what happened to Stanley. Like, I think it was like, I think that's how we would say it. Like, and you, and it's like, he's reliving his own aha moments. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like that. No, I I was, I wasn't, I, I, I did think what you did was funny. So I don't want you to feel insecure, Jay. No, it's okay. I I I haven't gotten it down yet. I'm still working. I was trying to help you out with this impersonation. I'm still working on, I'm still working on my way now. (laughs) But, um, well, hey, dude, I had a blast talking to you. And, oh, uh, no, no. Okay. Well, I got to wrap it up because That's I got to. I, I came up to uh, my parents and I should probably spend some time with them. But I did. Uh, 
It had I not started with this cussing storm because of this <laughs> piece of shit goddamn cable I got this from is an NC seventeen podcast. Yeah, a lot of them are. I have like families, like a lot of homeschoolers listen to the show, and they like so they're already kind of like you know they do their own thing, but they're like you know Drew, I wish you didn't cuss so much so my kids could listen. I'm like, oh, uh, sorry about that. That's probably not going to change. But uh, yeah, dude, love to have you on again, and we can talk sure. more about yeah, movies. Fun. Yeah, man, I had a blast. Uh, Looking forward to uh, to to getting this out, and um, looking forward to doing this again, man. When uh, you're not shadow banned, maybe from Facebook or something. Okay. Season, yeah. you'll always be shadow banned on Facebook because you're Ted Turner's grandson, <laughs> and you're part of the Nigerian Illuminati. Yeah. So that's only the only the only Illuminati worth joining. <laughs> well, cool, dude. Well, um, well, everybody. So Jay plugged his stuff multiple mm-hmm. times. Right. But let's go ahead and plug it again. So go to Jay and Jay's analysis.com. You can subscribe to Jay's show. I believe you do the uh, you do the model where it's first half's free, the second half is pay to play. Correct. Yeah. And there's a lot of lectures, a lot of philosophy courses, talks, interviews, and then I also have the book. Uh, you can find the tab there at the site. I do send out signed copies. That's why it's a little bit more. Uh, Amazon undercuts authors, so don't get it on Amazon, please. And uh, yeah, you can go to Guy and watch Hollywood Decoded. So that's that's all my stuff. Or on uh, if you have Amazon Prime, oh, I think yeah, more people Amazon probably Prime have Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah, so definitely check it out, Hollywood Decoded. Go back and watch Gremlins Two, everybody, and see if it really is. And let's let's now what we heard what Jay said, and I and man, I I'm, I'm excited. Who, who knew the future to... was encoded in Gremlins Two? <laughs> Who knew the future was encoded? The bad guy in Gremlins 2 was Donald Trump. Um, hopefully Gizmo comes out dressed as Rambo again and shoots shoots at Donald Trump with an arrow. I'm just teasing. I don't want people to come arrest me. It's clearly, Gizmo's not real. Don't feed him after dark. Um, so anyways, hey, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to bringing you guys another episode soon. So cool. Thanks, man. That was great, Jay. I had a Thank blast. You. So an update at the end of the show there. If you guys want to check out Jay's show, Hollywood Decoded, uh, on Gaia, you do still have to subscribe to Gaia to watch it on Amazon. Okay, guys, thanks again.